Tuesday, November 3rd. This is the Placebo Cast. My name is Tony. My name is Joseph. Welcome back, Joseph. We're back from the dead. Glad to be back. I didn't know we were dead. Is this one of those Bruce Willis, Sixth Sense type of things? No, this is one of the, uh, you know, when when that rock band tour goes away for many decades and then they reunite for one last hurrah <laughs> tour. This is this is our last hurrah tour, our moment of glory. Oh, my. Don't say that. We've still got 500 plus episodes left in yeah. us, I think. I stopped tracking the numbers. I think we last hit around 14, 15, but it's good to be back. It is. It is good. It's been, what, close, close to, to a year, year now? Close, close to, to a year. year. We've had at least two product Apple product events that have passed since we last joined Mike's here on the Placebo Cast, and today is a special day. It is Apple TV Day, the fourth generation <laughs> device, the first one in three years, a major redesign specifically. I I wish I wish I had gone my Apple TV last week. Like I I pre-ordered it on monday thinking like at uh what was it 8 a.m thinking that oh it's gonna go out they won't have a lot of stock because you know how apple launches tend to be and then i stopped by the apple store on thursday or was it friday no it was thursday and then i see no friday and then i see that they have um just like they had like eight or nine Apple TV, an entire wall of Apple TV boxes forming the word Apple TV. It, was it I, like that? It it felt like that. It wasn't physically like that, but it felt like that. Like that was just like the worst. Like I was checking my phone. And I was just like, well, Are why you did you go me? to the Apple store in the first place? Because I was thinking of getting a magic trackpad. Oh, yeah. I wanted to Ooh, see that's that another magic topic trackpad. we could cover, but yeah. we'll yeah. save that for later. Like. I went there to go see if they had a Magic Trackpad 2. The, I used the Apple Store app on my phone, and it said it didn't. But I went to go check, you know, because I had time to kill. Then they had that. So, I, so first thing I learned was that their inventory is not right. The second thing I learned is that I shouldn't have pre-ordered it because they had like 8 to 10 on a shelf. Like, I should have just bought it right then and there. But you sure I, these weren't like empty boxes just for show? No. Nope, you know how TV shows <laughs> in the background, they have just, you know, empty boxes just, just for appearance's sake. Did you nope. pick up these boxes and shake them? Uh, yeah, I, I picked them up and it, was, it had heft to it. And I was like, yep, this is an Apple TV 4 that I could have bought today. You sure this was not the third generation? Nope. This is, this mm. was the, this is the fourth gen. And okay. I was just, I couldn't cancel my pre-order because it was already preparing for shipment. And yeah. it said, and I figured, well, I might as well just wait till yeah. the second to fourth, which it will arrive today. Okay. So between the second and fourth. So which model did you order? I ordered the cheapest one because there, I'm cheap. I got the 32 gigabyte one. There are two versions, 32 yeah. gigabyte, not 16 like the iPhone. Yeah, yeah. And the 64 and gigabyte the 64. for an additional $50. So for 149 199. and yeah. 199 Yeah. And compared to most media streaming devices out in the market, like the Roku box, the Apple Fire box, uh, do they call it that? I Fire TV Fire box. TV, Fire TV stick. I think it's. I think well, that's what well. There's it is the now. stick, which is like the competitor to the Chromecast, the Chromecast and then there's yeah. the box. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fire and TV is what their franchise yeah. is. Right. 
And in terms of price range, the performance, the you know, just the kitchen sink, this is like the top of the line type of tier when it comes to media streaming devices. And so for comparison's sake, it wouldn't make sense to compare it, say, to a Chromecast or TV stick. Well Maybe in I'm, terms of value. It, it's it, it's very strange for streaming devices like it's like what like you said i mean there's a bunch of like quote flagship products and the apple tv fourth gen is definitely definitely is a flagship product in the sector but for for products like the fire tv the chromecast like they're also the flagships of you know their manufacturers google and uh and amazon you know so and but the price the prices vary wildly. You have the Chromecast in the low in the low thirty fives. You might find some for thirty dollars some days, yep. all the way to two hundred dollars of the Apple TV four, the sixty four gigabyte version. And then you have the Fire TV, which could it would just like smack dab in the center. And then you have little Roku's, and then you have the smart mm-hmm. TV functions built into your TV that people have. That's I mean, terrible. Yeah. That, those are terrible, but mm-hmm. I mean, you can see how saturated this market, like everybody is trying to get their foot in the door. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to, it's really hard to, uh, compare a $35, you know, Chromecast to $150 Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your first impressions so far? I, I saw earlier that you had written a, a quick blog post on your new website. Yes. A, a robotcatgoes.com yes, my for, new, for our viewers. Yes, my new blog tech writing. It's sort of a multi-purpose blog. The address is a robotcatgoes.com. It has a nice picture of a cat with a blue tail and it has a speech bubble that says dot com. So if you ever Watch wonder <laughs> if you ever wonder what a robot cat says, it says dot com. Hmm. But yeah, I, I came home today, you know, I quickly like scarfed down my dinner and then I, I I got my package from the front door, I opened it up, took some pictures of the unboxing process. I'd also took some pictures of the uh of the setup. But the color wasn't that good, and I wasn't satisfied by them, so I scrapped I saw it. you had a perfectly white background, and I have to commend you for that. <laughs> Sticking to the Apple commercial theme, I was like, whoa, I don't remember where, where exactly does he, where does, where does Joseph shoot this in his like back room where he has a special <laughs> set just for these photo ops? <laughs> I wish, I wish. My house isn't that big. Mm-hmm. Well, my house isn't big, but... As, as a side for that, it was mostly I have a white table with a plastic um, guard on top, and I have a LED lamp above me. So I have the LED lamp turn on. LED so, lamp, yeah, folks. LED lamp. <laughs> the, the the light bulb is a, is LED, so it's like bright white, like reflecting on white. Also exacerbated by the plastic cover on my desk, so it's like just pure white. Plus, after some post processing, it just looks like an Apple commercial. It's it's pretty funny. I hadn't noticed that until you said that. But, when when uh, is Apple gonna email you to to <laughs> to take photos for their new flagship products in the future? I'm sure that they have an entire team of CGI artists in the background touching up their photos, mm. and they their salaries is probably worth all the Apple products I've ever bought from Apple. But mm. um, yeah, back to my quick impressions uh, post on my blog. Um, 
so I, I took it out of the box and you know, the, the box is great. The packaging is like just the Apple definition of their, their own definition of packaging. You know, everything's easily accessible. You take some out. It's all very like straightforward. The device itself is pretty hefty. It's taller than the Apple TV three. Um, it lacks an optical out. Mm. I don't use optical Apple. I know some people that do, and it's mm. pretty disappointing that they took it out. Um, setup was simple. Um, they had an option where you could use your iPhone. You put your iPhone next to it, mm. and it uses Bluetooth to get your network data and your uh, the network settings and your iCloud information, which I thought was pretty was pretty neat. I didn't I didn't expect that. Like I thought I knew a lot about the Apple TV, but I didn't expect mm-hmm. that part. I think a lot of that was lost in the frustration, the outcry when when people realized they had to type in their login information for all of their Netflix, HBO Go, you name it, on this uh, remote control where you just swipe with your finger. But we'll yeah. get we'll get to yeah, that I, eventually. I, I, I could do a I could do a twenty five page like rant about how horrible that is. But we'll get to there. We'll get yeah. to that point. Yeah. Um, but the initial setup was was fine. The remote itself, I felt, was a bit light. Was a bit lighter than I a little a bit lighter and less dense because I'm used to the Apple TV three remote. Right, which, as I recall, is actually lighter than the the four the four remote. Oh, is it? I, I felt actually, you know, yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it it kind of had the six S feeling compared yeah. to the six, where it it's more dense, it's more compact. Yeah, and yeah. that that was the feeling I got when I first held that yeah. remote. Uh, fun fact, I've dropped my 6S about three times already onto solid concrete floor. and has Have not you dropped broke. the Apple TV remote yet? I haven't, and I'm very afraid I will because I do not want to shell am, out money. I am terrified, and I do not want to A, replace it, or B, get a case yeah. for my remote. Yeah, that that th- would be an abomination, a, a case <laughs> for your remote. Yeah, because we're like all used to like these TV remotes that are just right. made of like two slabs of plastic. You drop it who cares if it chips off you could just always yeah. buy a, like a five dollar ge remote but this is like yeah. an apple remote with like tempered glass on the front aluminum on the side you drop it bam the entire front is you have to pieces. treat it like an iphone basically <laughs> right you know whenever someone says hey hand me the remote and you're like yeah sure and then you just toss it over and if oh, someone drops man. it oh well you know, that, maybe the batteries might spring out, but yeah. then that's expected. That's yeah. how we've always known it'll how to use remotes. Yeah, it'll still work yeah. if you drop if you dropped it like five feet to like hitting your hardwood floor. Mm. But um, the Apple TV four remote is not as dense as the Apple TV three, which I f- I felt was a bit disappointing because I always it felt like it was in two pieces, the top piece and the bottom piece. And the way I hold it is that I kind of scrunch it up a bit. Mm. So I'm always afraid, and it always if it, it feels like there's a little bit of give on the top between the mm. bottom. Um, I, I like you said, I am completely. It, it is completely worrisome to me that a remote can be this fragile, especially with mm. the tempered glass, especially with the aluminum. Like with the Apple TV three remote, it was a solid piece of aluminum with just a little hollow part to put the battery in, all the buttons and the microcontrollers and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've dropped that many times, no issues at all. But right. with the Apple TV four remote, I feel like I have to be a little bit more careful. Yeah. 
you can ru-、uh, wrap it in bubble wrap if that gives you comfort. <laughs> so, did you see the re- Reddit post from that user? That that was the first time I ever heard about it. Someone had posted a photo、mm-hmm. of their Apple remote after their、uh, their friend had had accidentally dropped it on their hardwood floor from like a two foot drop. Oh my god! And the picture looked like your classic. Cracked iPhone screen where you can see the 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 splinters across the bottom, just in jagged lines. And from what I can, if I remember correctly, he said that it still worked. Yeah, but you know, just like、no、an iPhone wa- would still. Yeah, work just like an iPhone, it cracks. By a car, yeah. It, it it bends, but it、yeah. doesn't break. <laughs> but I I fully expect to see a bunch of the Apple TV 4 remote repair kiosks at my local Ooh, mall、yeah. to complement the iPhone repair kiosks. And is this true that to replace the remote it would cost seventy nine ninety nine at the Apple store? It is yes, that is the cost of a replacement. That is insane. That is insane. So the remote is more expensive than the actual Apple TV device that streams the content that you watch. It's more expensive than an Apple TV three. That is insane. That is absolutely insane. That is that is classic Apple, but it is absolutely Apple, absolutely <laughs> insane. But is this the same? Is this more or less expensive than the new accessories? Well, you have a thirteen dollar wristband. That you could strap. It's a wrist strap. You could strap. Why your, is a wristband thirteen dollars? Because、that、Apple probably, can charge you that much. It probably and, takes ten cents to make. <laughs> it probably does, but Apple has to keep their healthy margins. As a shareholder, I am ecstatic yet appalled. I'm not excited about <laughs> Apple selling thirteen dollar wristbands for know, people that. But you know, people will buy it. I mean, I、man. won't buy it. Like just why don't they just throw、one. it in as part of the Apple TV bundle? Because they won't make ten dollars off of you. So disappointing. I mean, it's like I feel like it's one of those like fifty fifty. Like maybe it's critical, maybe it's not critical type of accessory. Like you know how when the Wii U came out,、mm. they sold the they had the wrist strap. They even had the guide for the nunchuck. Yeah, for the for the for the actual Wii Mote. The the controller, which was、mm-hmm. practically what an Apple TV Apple TV Four remote is,、mm-hmm. except bigger and longer and heavier,、yeah. but it had a strap and it, and before you play a game, it would say please、uh, strap like pull the locking mechanism closer to your wrist so that it's snug、yeah. around your wrist so there's no give. But I've seen. <laughs> I remember when it came out, there were videos on YouTube of people like playing and then whoop. Flew out of their hands, smacked straight into their TV, and then bam, TV's gone. Wow, was this because the wrist strap was not tightened to their wrist, or the the controller itself? Well, with every first gen product, especially with something like the Wii U, it's、mm. um, people don't want to listen to the safety instructions. Like、right. a first gen product, they don't have any experience with it before. This is entirely new, so it's like, well, I'm not that stupid. I'm gonna hold on to my controller with a tight grip while playing this tennis game, and then while you're in the moment, whoop, flies out of your hands, smacks right into your $800 plasma screen TV, leaves a big hole, and everybody is sad. Well, at least the TV still works. Oh, the TV actually does. <laughs> It didn't work. The entire video just like cut out, which、ah. made it that much more hilarious to a sixteen-year-old me.、Mm. But、um, but did Nintendo pa- 
include this as part of every Wii remote, though. See, that's where it differs between Apple and Nintendo. Nintendo knew that this was going to happen because they bundled a, a Wii sports game <laughs> with tennis and baseball and like bowling. They knew this was going to happen, so they bundled it with the controller and the game console. And they don't they, they do any testing with users before they release these products. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, you could you could argue it's different with Apple because Apple doesn't expect like there's nothing out of the box that warrants you swinging your remote mm. or uh, waving it around. But mm. so they leave the onus on the game developers. You know, it's the game developer's fault if it forces you to swing your remote around. And if you accidentally slips out of your hand because uh, aluminum is very slippy, it's very slippery on a dry person's hand and it smacks you in your TV and it breaks your TV, don't come crying to Apple because it was the game developer that made you do this. Not mm. You did not have to do it uh, to perform basic functions in the Apple TV, mm. which is probably but, how, how Apple can get away with selling you a $13 yeah. wrist strap. So speaking of gaming, that is one of the biggest differences with this new Apple TV, with the new App Store on TVOS, I think they call it. Yes, yes. Where I think so far I've only seen one. It's like that Frogger simulate, Frogger (laughs) like game. Crossy Road. Crossy Road. Yeah. And initially I thought you had to hold this horizontally, but Mm -hmm. then it's literally just the same orientation as when you operate the rest of the Apple TV yes. and you use simple up, down, left, right motions yeah. to navigate your chicken yeah. to safety. I mean, have you ever played Frogger before? I have. Yeah. So it's the same thing yeah. on Frogger is a D pad, go up, down, left, right on the remote swipe up, swipe left, swipe right, swipe down. Yeah. The game is practically a clone. They just replaced a bunch of, they just replaced the animals and they made it, uh, colorful and they you know was this game already available on ios or some other platform it was actually it was actually very popular on ios for a time you know how Mm. like fads come and go or come and go so the game reminded me of this uh one of the earliest games i've ever played on ios which is like the paper toss game i think it Practically everyone. Oh, you mean the one the where you where you use your finger to flick and you try to get it to the wastebasket? Right. Yeah. With yeah. the fan blowing yeah, in different directions yeah, to create that. some difficulty. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I think this would be a perfect game for that, especially in like a party environment where, yeah. uh, let's say you you play one on one or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, have you ever played the game Breakout? I have not. Uh, have you ever owned an iPod um, fifth gen and below? No. Okay, so there's this game on the original uh, Macintosh, which is called Breakout. Um, mm-hmm. The premise is that the top part of your screen is a bunch of bricks, and then there's a ball, and you have a paddle. It's like a one-person ping pong, you know? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think I have played it, but yeah. I think they called it something else. Um, but yes, I, I know what you're talking about. They have that game on TVOS, and... Oh. By God, that is like the greatest game I've ever found. I found so far. Like Crossy Road doesn't appeal to me, but Breakout is just like you're swiping left, you're swiping right, you try to get this ball, and the ball moves really fast. Everything's really fluid. Like the, mm. there's bright lights, there's cut, like um, fun sounds, and like it's just a and the touch. This is where the touchpad is actually really good because it's really responsive, and mm. it's just like the Apple the Mac trackpad. Mm-hmm. So um, playing Breakout. With the with that is actually a really fun experience. 
And it's also the perfect game for this type of uh, UI device where there's just two different motions, swipe right or swipe swipe left. left. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you could do a surprisingly large amount of things with just basic touch controls. And I don't remember if there's an accelerometer inside the the remote, but there's also this one. There's also a snake clone. You know, snake, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. There's also also a snake clone. See, there's a bunch of games that it looks like it'll be fun, but I feel like the controllers. You would have to buy one of those, um, like the Steel Series, you know, Bluetooth control with A B X Y and all that stuff. Right. Yeah, and, and these controllers—they are custom controllers made specifically for the Apple TV that you would just pair um, using Bluetooth. These controllers are for any iOS device. Yeah, yeah. Um, people have been using it for iPads. Um, you could like, there's a what's that one game called? Uh, Bastion. That. You could play on the iPad or iPhone. They had touch controls, but I I've never liked touch touch controls in uh, replacing a controller. So you know these controllers are out. You pair them with Bluetooth, and then if the game supports it, which most likely it does, um, mm. you'll be able to you know have practically a full size game controller to play on your iOS device, be it an iPhone or an iPad, and now mm. um, an Apple TV. I know that there's one specific requirement that Apple requires for any third-party controllers, which is that if you create one, you also have to make it compatible with the default yes. Apple remote. Yes, and it, it's with good reason. If you, mm. when they released the news, it, it made a lot of people um, worried. You know mm. that they would get like a watered-down controlling like experience and whatnot. But if you think about it, it makes a very it makes very logical sense. The mm-hmm. rationale is that you don't want to make a game like this, like this killer app uh, game that you can only play with this accessory that you have to buy separately because people then feel cheated. Like I paid ten dollars for this app, but then now it's telling me I have to buy this thirty dollar, forty dollar like mm-hmm. controller on top of that. Like that's not fair. So it right. makes logical sense that Apple mandates um, the control requirements. But it does limit the extent of uh, the gaming capabilities or, or, or the capabilities of the type of games that you would want to create on an Apple TV yeah. device. It, it does. Right? You're not going to create Halo 5 <laughs> on the Apple TV. I don't, think, I don't think Microsoft will ever let go of that franchise. It's the only thing keeping Xbox One on life support at the moment, mm. I feel. But I mean, yeah. I mean, it it will limit it will limit the way uh, developers will be able to, you know, uh, play with the game. But you know, sure. it's it's a trade off. They would rather piss off some developers rather um, than piss off you know consumers because like if I buy a ten dollar game, I don't want to be told well I have to buy this thirty dollar game controller. I want it to play it no matter what. You know, mm. a bad experience in this case is probably better than, you know, um, the alternative. No experience at all. Mm. Yeah. So what apps have you downloaded so far? Um, so I have three major ones that I use on, I don't want to say daily day basis, but on a very 
every time I use my Apple TV, I only use it for those three things. First one is um, Crunchyroll. I do watch anime on my TV um, from time to time when I don't feel like sitting in front of my computer. Um, Netflix is another one. Same reason, but not anime. Um, and the third one is YouTube for when I have friends over and I want to show them a video that, you know, I don't want to throw a screen, so does tiny screen. The series them. support YouTube currently. So could you just search, uh, peanut butter baby? I haven't actually tried it. I've, I've mostly tried Siri with, you know, find me episodes of Battlestar Galactica, find me episodes of the walking dead, find me episodes of. And it would, you know, show me hmm. where it is. I haven't been able to... I haven't fully tried it out with YouTube. I don't think it does, but I wouldn't be surprised hmm. if it did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so those are those three. YouTube, Netflix, Crunchyroll. I've downloaded Plex and... Plex media server on my server computer at home is... Not has not been updated in forever, so it won't let me access it, which pisses me off to <laughs> no end. So I've just said, and and if you can't access it, you press menu, it'll log you out. So you have to retype everything. Wow. Yeah, so I've done that, and it really. So I have to press and hold the menu button to get out, and then I can go back in without having to retype my login information. And so we are both one password users. Oh, and man. here we go. The keyboard section. And Plex was by far the most painful login experience, mainly because at that time I had used a 20 plus character <laughs> with upper and lowercase oh, letters, numbers, special characters. And, and these aren't just special characters you can access in the same default view. These are ones that you have to trigger, like the ones that no one ever fucking uses, yeah. right? Like the greater than sign. <laughs> Who, whoever uses the greater than sign. I have to, and I so, have to applaud your, your, your password strength. And even I don't have, I have 13 characters, uppercase, lowercase, numbers, that's it. Yeah, years of... Uh, uh, of inputting long passwords on on my on my iPhone or uh, other mobile devices have taught me at a certain point 20 plus 30 plus it's not worth it in terms of usability experience of having to key it in from a non desktop device where one password is not natively installed and so that came into full bore when I, I had to log into to Plex for the very first time. And and here's the worst part. Mm -hmm. As I was halfway through uh one password on my iOS device, it you know would close after a, a period of non-activity. And so that distraction, that momentary distraction um made me forget where I was <laughs> in, in my place. And so I was like, oh crap, was I was I on a P or was I on the period? And so I was like, oh crap, oh crap. And then and then I just went along with it. And at the very end, I hit sign in. It said, incorrect password, please enter it again. And I just I lost it at that, that point. That was single-handedly my biggest fear typing in my password. Like that. Okay, so so when I first set up, I didn't ask me. For, I didn't expect it to ask me for, to key in my iCloud password during the setup on my phone. So I use one password just like Tony does, and 
Uh, I love how you refer to me as the third, third person. person. <laughs> yes, because we have listeners, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have. To, I didn't expect I had to key it in. So I, I, so it asked me for it, and I was like, "Crap! I didn't unlock one password. I didn't copy the password that I have for iCloud." So I skipped it, and then I figured, well, I haven't, do, I haven't done anything. Um, important yet, so I guess I'll go into one password on my phone, copy it, reset my Apple TV, and then reset it up, which surprisingly didn't take a lot of time. If you have nothing mm. on it, it'll, it takes about 20 seconds, bam, all of the data is wiped out. Then you're back at the select uh, uh, location screen. <sighs> and okay, so typing is horrible. Like it is absolutely the worst thing ever. You literally have a 26 character, 26 letter uh, alphabet in a straight line. Three rows. Three rows. Alphabet first, number second, switcher from capital lowercase and symbols third. It is absolutely the worst software typing I have ever used. You can't even Here's a kicker, you can't even pair a Bluetooth keyboard to the Apple TV 4. I'm hoping they will change that in the late, in another update. But if I could have done that, I would have because typing in my one password, password for iCloud, Plex, um, Crunchyroll, Netflix, uh, YouTube was excruciating. Like, like my greatest fear was what Tony, what happened to you, Tony? Yeah. Go on. That's, Aside from that, it was fine. Okay, so the difference between difference between but once you yeah. throw in two factor authentication, that's yeah, that's when yeah. things get gnarly. Okay, when you throw two. Okay, so when you when you buy something from the uh, app store, you have to key in your password again. So I turned that off. Yeah, immediately I turned that off when it first too. prompted me. Yeah, and the and the problem is, I was I like, don't, no way am I going to ask it to. Yeah prompt me every time I want to download a new exactly. app because there's no way assuming this is the same remote I use to type it, log into any password. Yeah, I mean that's not going to happen. Exactly. I mean, who the hell is going to type in 13 to 20 characters full of numbers, symbols, uppercase, lowercase and all that jazz when you're only be able to we're only able to swipe left and right on an entire 26 character alphabetic uh, alphabetical yeah. like, you know, A through Z on the first uh, level like who the hell is going to do that and you have to swipe down and then you have to click and how many come times back have you missed a specific letter as you're scrolling through I'm like oh, oh no I have many to go times. back see that's when see when I said that the tr- touchpad is accurate for yeah. typing it is too accurate so like yes. even it's like the experience like if you're on Photoshop you're yeah. trying to create that grid that, to yeah, the yeah. pixel right and, and then, you're just bam, like one pixel shifting up. yeah yeah and then it's like trying to get that tiny little needle right on the dot. Yeah, I mean that's the, that's that is the that is double edged sword. That's the double edged sword of the controls. It is accurate, but it is too accurate. <laughs> With the Apple TV three, you could just click, click, click. You can like the Apple TV three was labeled, uh, layered in columns, so you had A B C D E, mm. next row, next row, next row, next row, next row, all the way. So. Use it long enough, you'll be able to, okay, well, I want to go E, so I'll click right five times. Click, 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 click. I want to get this letter. Click, 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 click. Without even looking, you will know because you have the tactile feedback. You know how many counts it takes to get to the letter. To the letter. Mm. 
With the Apple TV 4, you can't because there's no tactile feedback. There is just you scrolling left, scrolling right. The edge of your thumb touches a little bit too much. Bam, you hit the wrong character. You have to scroll all the way to the right, backspace one, scroll all the way back to letter, make sure your thumb doesn't (laughs) wiggle too much, then press down and then do that as many times to type in your password. We were talking earlier about smart TVs, and I remember when we first got the current television, I was setting up the streaming services like Amazon Prime Video. And so the remote, we had, it was like one of those phones where you can slide out the keyboards. And so in that case, I had a physical keyboard that, you know, resembled your regular phone. And so that was actually a, a, a TV that was released five years ago was still a better input device than the current and up-to-date Apple TV 4. See, the benefit of smart TV input is that you have a number pad which they can assign, you know, like press 1 or press 2 for ABC. So you could... It's the same thing with the Apple TV 3. You know how many presses it takes to get to this character. You know, if I want to type something in using the number pad, I type 2. I press two twice. I press five once. I press seven <laughs> two times to get the correct ones. And then, bam, it's accurate. It's there. And all I need to do is do it a couple of times. I'll remember it. Mm. I, I almost felt compelled to at, tell, read Siri my password. <laughs> you know how sometimes when you're typing or writing something out and you're reading it out to somebody yeah. who's like transcribing yeah. it somewhere else. I, I, I kind of wanted to do that. And from all the commands I gave Siri, that to me was something I desperately wanted but could not do. Yeah. It's like, come on, Siri, capital P, yeah. you know, yeah, uppercase Z. Yeah. You know. Well, as I was, ty- I was halfway through typing my iCloud password, I was like, man, okay, I want to just press the Siri button and say, Siri, type in the following characters, A, mm-hmm. uppercase B, uppercase C, three, four, four, one, you know, whatever, and just type in it. I don't want to. We all know Joseph's iCloud password yes. as a result. No, my iCloud password is actually <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, seven. They never suspect there that. There is a 10% chance that is correct. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, type, aside from like the screensavers are absolutely gorgeous. I used the, there's a guy on GitHub that uh, took, that found the stream URLs for the fly, you know the screensavers, right? The flyover, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, they use the drone, yeah, I believe, yeah. to record those videos. And it's in slow motion. It's absolutely impressive to look at. It is just, it's lovely to look at. And 600 megabytes. It's 600 megabytes. So uh, goodbye, data caps. I, I'm counting megabytes <laughs> only because we have the the smaller storage yeah, yeah, yeah. Apple TV. But I mean, like the screensavers are gorgeous. I, I, there was a guy on GitHub that found the stream links from Apple servers, made it into a screensaver. You can put it on your Mac and you'll be able to see it on your Mac. I've had that for a while and it's absolutely fantastic. The problem is the moment Apple finds out and they realize their servers are getting hammered by people using this, then they're just going to mm. cut it off and then uh, everybody will be sad. Wait, how would it work on your Mac if it's a streaming video so they, from Apple's servers? Yes, yeah, it's a link. It's actually the, there's a public link because that's how the Apple TV does it. Uh, they pull a public link from Apple servers. Yeah. The guy found out and then just bundled it into a screensaver huh. that you can install I didn't realize, on your Mac. I didn't realize Macs could you know, uh, let you use non-static photos or videos in this case it's, to 
as as your vid, as your screen. You could actually install a bunch of different screensavers. People have made their own. Uh, like, I this feels like we're ta- we're like back in nineteen ninety like six, where it's like, hey, have you seen that screensaver that on this website? <laughs> it's so cool, man. But yeah, I mean, the guy bundled it, found the links, bundled it into a screensaver, and posted it on GitHub. But so far, it still works. I don't think. I don't think Apple. If this is a yet. public link, couldn't you just download these files and then you just could. upload it to you YouTube you or something? Could. You could. Oh. It's six hundred megabytes though. Yeah. Four K. Wait, is this four K? This is not four K supported. It's probably ten eighty p. It's ten eighty p. So that's been a a big or like a common. You know, in in every review, there's a pros and a yeah. cons section. I, I I routinely kept seeing no four K support. Yeah. No four yeah. K support. Yeah. Is that an issue? I assume it only matters if you know you don't own a, or if you own a 4K well, TV. Well, let me ask you this, Tony: Do you own a 4K TV? I do. Do you know anybody that owns a 4K TV? Probably. Yeah, how many? Probably like one or two, right? I can count them on my on, with my digits. Exactly. Now, ask me: Do I own a 4K TV? Probably. No, I don't. <laughs> so you have to mark one off. You have to take one one finger yeah. down, and, and and it's not just the television adoption for 4K yeah. TV. It's the content availability. Yeah. We we we've heard reports about Netflix starting to stream and make more 4K yeah. content available, but that's still far you, off into the future. Have you seen the 4K selection on Netflix? It is literally six programs. You can count it on one hand yeah. and one finger. Exactly. Two of which is House of Cards. Not even the first season. It's the second and third. And uh, so, did they have to re sh- or how did they the, make it into four K? Unless they did they shoot it in four K originally? From what I heard or? from the film reels, the thirty five millimeter film re- uh, film reels, they scanned them. So it's not even real four K. It's faux thirty five millimeter transcribed into 4k resolution but then again i'll give them the benefit of the doubt because 35 millimeter resolution is actually higher than 4k if i remember correctly yeah i mean i i don't have a 4k tv you don't have a 4k tv Mm -hmm. you can count as many people on your you can count how many people you have on your hands do people even have tvs anymore that's even a bigger question i I barely use it but you know so so YouTube now supports 4K. I, I think they even support something even higher resolution yeah. than that. Yeah. I don't even know what they call yeah. it at that point. And Retina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they need something catchy, right? Eyeball. Um, and and here's the other factor that that comes into play. Unless you have a strong and I mean like you know 50 megabits per second or you know somewhere that is not you know, less than 10 megabits yeah. per second. You're, you're going to have yeah. a lot of buffering yeah. issues in, in just streaming that content yeah. consistently yeah. where it's even watchable. Yeah. So put that into yeah. play and then, and then you can consider yeah. that as something that's worth watching. Um, yeah. I mean, people that live here, like where we live in Silicon Valley, it seems like, Oh, well I got a 84 megabit connection and a 25 megabit up. I could stream five streams of 4k. Why don't you cater to, you know, us? But then they have, then reality sets in then you realize, well, not everybody has 84 megabits download speed. Mm-hmm. The average I think is around 12. 
throughout the entire country. So you have to take, yeah, like you said, you have to take bandwidth into effect. And you also have data caps that uh, will severely limit how much content um, 4K, you'll, how much 4K content a person will be able to consume. I mean, we're lucky that we don't have data caps. Like, I don't have a data cap. And I'm sure you don't have a data cap. As far as yeah, you as know. as far as I know. But <laughs> I remember I asked the uh, ISP guy that came in for Monkey Brains. I was like, hey, do, do, you, buy, do you guys by any chance have a data yeah. cap? Uh, I'm just curious. And then he looked at me suspiciously like... <laughs> Why do you ask? I'm like, no, I'm just just wondering. I, I was just reading some things on the internet forums, and then some something was mentioned, and I was just wondering if that was something that happened. Yeah, and, I totally. And he's like, no, no, we don't. <laughs> I totally don't plan on torrenting seven terabytes worth of data on your network. That's crazy talk, shifty guys. <laughs> I didn't buy these new NAS servers for nothing. <laughs> Oh, speaking of which, did you hear about the OneDrive update where they were no longer... Yeah, the downgrade from infinite storage space. Because apparently there are a couple of customers that were backing up over 76 terabytes of data into their their, uh, OneDrive service. See, this is what happens when you have a data storage business you can't advertise it's unlimited because people will take you at your word like unlimited you say well let me just back up my entire computer every (laughs) single day good thing i have google fiber (laughs) to expedite this even further i mean like yeah like you could back up your entire computer you just have to leave it on most people leave their computers on every day i can see that happening but yeah like p if like people will abuse it like you think you have good faith in people, you think you know people are honest that they won't uplo- upload sixty-seven terabytes worth of data to quote unlimited storage, and then when then like be and then when you turn it off, they'll say, "But you said unlimited. <laughs> it's not unlimited. It's like people that go to a defined unlimited. Yeah. It's it's less than one terabyte. I mean, it's like it's like when people go to a a, a buffet. It's like." Well, mm. it's not unlimited. Like they're sitting there like five minutes before closing times. Like, sir, you have to leave. Like, no, I'm. It's not. I'm not done. It's. It's not unlimited. <laughs> I'm. I feel limited by you pushing me out. Like, I feel like that's happened at at, at buffets <laughs> on many occasions, and I and I am really sad that I have yeah. not seen the YouTube video it's, for it's this. It's not all you can eat until it is all you can eat. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean. You should have stopped after that hundredth chicken yeah. wing, but we'll let you continue. I mean, it's like the same with people on T-Mobile's network. You know, they have uh, three ter- three gigabytes or five gigabytes of tethering, or no, seven gigabytes mm. now. Mine's three, but people were circumventing that. People on Android phones were circumventing that using like they rooted their phones, they installed an app that spoofed their tethering connection to make it seem like a network connection, and these guys were like siphoning like gigabytes and gigabytes and gigabytes of data until the point where John uh, Ledger on Twitter said, "No, no, we're not doing this anymore. Sorry, guys, you can't. We're gonna we're gonna slow you down once you hit like twelve gigabytes of tethering. We cannot let you, you know, siphon, you know, siphon." Uh, or bottleneck bandwidth because you guys found a way to cheat the system, but um, mm. it's not. That's not to say that the, what, what Microsoft did was you know what people did to Microsoft was cheating the system. But I, I mean, you know, you have to be a little bit reasonable. I would say taking advantage, yeah, of of of, of the they system. Were, they were opt- opportunistic. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but see, and, and as a side as a side effect of Microsoft cutting off their quote unlimited storage plan, they've punished the people on the bottom. They lowered it from fifteen. Was it fifteen to five? Yeah. Yes. So, oh yeah, I forgot that. That that was that's probably a bigger news because it affects practically the rest of the user exactly. base. Exactly. I mean, according to their data, the average person used what five point seven. So, offering three times the mm. average was like, ah, yeah, we can afford to bring it down to five. Huh. Yeah. Now that you now that you mentioned it, I I I I have thirty terabyte or not thirty terabytes, thirty gigabytes. <laughs> That was that was accumulated based on like a couple of different yeah. promotions. Does that go away as part of this change? Uh, no, it's only people who are on the free tier. As far as I know, I'd, it's so I'm yeah. not. A, I, I am on the free tier. Yeah, that's, but you that's have promotions stacked on top of it, which shouldn't uh. which shouldn't allow them to take it away from you. It's like Dropbox, you know? Dropbox, you do the right. promos, you can get up to like, what, right. 10 gigabytes of free storage? More than 10. Yeah, more than 10. See, I pay I pay 100 bucks a year, I get one terabyte of storage. I yeah. barely use past the 200 gigabyte mark. Or the 20 gig... Actually, I... See, that, sound, <laughs> that sounded ridiculous, what I said. I barely use 200 gigabytes out of one terabyte. But 200 gigabytes is a lot. But yeah, my point still stands. Like, if you're gonna offer something like that, um, you gotta <laughs> people people will take <laughs> advantage of it, whether you like it or not. Like, hey, sure, if someone's giving me unlimited, yeah, I will. I'll unlimit. You know, I'll be unlimited on their ass until they kick me out. Yeah. yeah. So, thank you, Joseph. Uh, if there's what is there anything else we want to talk about in regards to Apple TV? Uh, it's still very yeah, early. I expect a more full yeah. in-depth review on arobotgoes.com uh, in the future. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. We'll see. Maybe after. Maybe in a week. I, I guess the final question, and this is still very preliminary: Is this an upgrade over the Apple TV three, the previous generation model? Weighing in the pros and cons, it is more often than not an upgrade. It is definitely an upgrade if you're coming from the Apple TV 2. It is a upgrade from the Apple TV 3, but if you're looking for optical out, like if you're a home studio enthusiast or a home entertainment enthusiast, audiophile, what have you, you need the latest and greatest in bit perfect audio streams. The Apple TV 4 is not for you because it does not support optical audio out. Um, the remote is, I have to play with it a little bit more. It's, it's more hollow, it feels not as decent as the Apple TV 3. I like the curveness of the Apple TV 3. Um, the touch control is sensitive, but to a point, to a point that it's detrimental to, I feel like this is like a software issue. Like this could easily be fixed by software. So we'll have to wait till that. But, um, oh, one more thing. One more thing I forgot to mention. I always accidentally press the Siri button rather than the menu button. Because, yeah, because I've used the Apple TV 3 remote for so long 
that I hold it in a particular way, a particular length in my hand that my thumb, like when I, when I want to go back, I instinctively press menu where I think it is on the Apple TV three remote, but they moved it up. They moved the menu button up on the Apple TV four remote and they put the Siri button below it. So every time I want to go back, I accidentally, sometimes I accidentally press the Siri button. So that's a bit quirk for people. That's a bit of a quirk. You can disable Siri on the you Apple TV, but it, by the way. Disabling it will not allow you to go back to the home menu if you wanted mm. to. You'd be like, why isn't this working? And then you realize, oh, the menu button mm. is on the tip of my thumb, not the yeah, middle yeah. of my thumb. Um, so that's a bit of a quirk for people that have used the Apple TV 3 a lot, like I have. They have already mapped out where all the controls are at. Um, I feel like that specifically would just be a readjustment yeah. of one's muscle yeah, memory yeah. Over, over time. Over time, yeah. Over time, you'll fix that. Definitely. So I guess the final question is, will you be buying the $13 wrist Absolutely strap? not. Ab- Thank absolutely you, not. Like, Apple deserves my money up to a point. Like, I'm not willing to spend $13 on a wrist strap that costs them $0.50 cents to make in a sweatshop in China. <laughs> if anyone is listening... We are now accepting two copies of the Apple Wrist <laughs> Band. You can donate to our upcoming Kickstarter campaign to protect our beloved $79 remote. Yes. On the Apple oh, yes. TV. I forgot to ask you, Did how is the Plex app on your end? Because I can't use it on my end because my software is too low. It's usable. I was able to stream a movie just fine. I was able to browse. I, I did not get yeah. logged out when hitting the menu button so so far it has been yeah working yeah. fine knock good, on wood good. that's good that's good um yeah so because of my frustration with plex there's a little a side story because of my frustration with plex the app i couldn't update the server software on my uh server computer because i was afraid it would break a bunch of other stuff so I left that alone. Uh, so I looked on the App Store for any other app that will allow me to play DLNA compatible uh, interface with DLNA compatible servers. You know, like PS3 Media Server, Plex is another one of those stuff like that. Oddly enough, there is one. There is one app when you search in DLNA. There's one. You yeah. were able to search DLNA are, yeah. without throwing exactly. your remote. Exactly, four characters. I was on the verge of throwing my remote. Impressive. I was on the verge of tossing it on the ground and returning it, um, shattered in pieces. in pieces. Yeah. Yes. But it was only four characters. I typed DLNA. There was one app. I forgot the name. Local player. Local player. Something like that. It's a blue icon with a triangle with a play icon in it, and that worked. Perfectly, absolutely perfectly with the Plex server version that I have on my server computer. Say the name again. Local. It's like local play or something. If you search DLNA in the App Store, it's the, o- the only mm. option. Like simple, mm. simplex, $3. And that's, I'm not willing to spend $3 on something that may or may not work. They may spit out the same error. There's mm. another app that does the exact same thing for Plex. costs $4. I'm not paying for that. This one is free. Mm. Yeah, mm. so I was very happy I found that, and it works with PS3 Media Server um, and Plex. So I don't know if you've ever used PS3 Media Server. It's a little bit, you basically, it's the same concept, but the setup is you point it to 
this folder, this folder, this folder, and then you start it up, bam. You can only access those right. folders, and then you it's, pretty, it's basically like a file explorer. Like, I go to this folder. Yeah. I have everything organized in all my video folders. I go to this folder. I see this file. Well, I want to play it. Bam, play. Works. Hmm. Um, subtitles work for the most part if they're burned in. If you're trying to play an MKV, you know, the container MKV with the uh, audio, video, and subtitle streams, I have yet to test it. It most likely will work because um, the, those type of servers will transcode on the fly. I've always had issues with Plex server um, transcoding MKV files mm. with, sub, with subtitles um, on the fly. Sometimes the subtitles would pop up. Sometimes the subtitles would be completely gone, and it was just a frustrating experience. Mm. That's part of the reason why I don't use Plex anymore. I use NPlayer on mm. my phone to just stream it, and then my phone decodes the... Uh, files mm. locally on the device as it streams so everything is properly rendered and i'm a happy camper when i go to bed at night um that was my entirely long speech on why i can never get plex to work but if people out there that do not want to update their servers search <laughs> dlna on the app store you'll find it. it's only one app so far That'll allow you to play those types. That'll allow you to interface with those servers, aside from Plex. Well, there you have it, folks. One app that has won the heart of it Joseph. Is, it is a godsend. Whoever made this app, like, I will, I, I salute you. Like, it is literally three days since release, and you have this app out. I am ecstatic. I did not expect it. And it's free. There's in-app purchases. Wait until they ask you to sign up for an account and enter your then password. Then I will rip my hair out and I'll never use it ever again. I'll just use the <laughs> local home streaming from iTunes. And I'll just play my videos from iTunes. Well, thank you, Joseph. It was been a pleasure. It, it really has. And we will be we back. We will be back. Maybe. On Maybe. our next episode. Hopefully, hopefully there'll be the iPad Pro. November 11th yes. is the estimated release date. I will not buy one, but... I am not planning on <laughs> buying one. I don't even own an $800 iPad. <laughs> is, a hard, is a hard price to swallow. Why don't I just buy four iPads and then just, you know, line them up because next to have, each other? And then there you have you, the bezels. There you'll you have, have the it. bezels, Tony. You'll have the bezels. Uh, <laughs> you know, people always complain about the bezels. But yeah, there's always the iPad. There's the iPad Pro coming up next week, allegedly. We'll see how that goes. Allegedly. But yeah, thanks for having me, Tony. It's been a long time since we did uh, something like this, and uh, I'm happy to be on the show. It's and, been yeah, fun. It's, it's it's been fun. Stay tuned. <laughs> talk All to right, you later. Talk to you later.